0: So I wanna know, when you got the shot, did you feel it coursing through your body?
1: Uh I felt I felt immensely uh powerful. I felt like probably how Captain America felt when he got the Super Soldier Serum.
0: Yeah. I mean you got juiced, you know, and it, it hit you. Let's let's be real. We talked about it.
1: That second shot, yeah. It uh the first one was like, meh, I was just a little like I had a day where I was just kinda like blah. Yeah. The second one definitely hit me where, like, I had a fever. Like, my whole body was like moving through jello. Like, every joint, every joint was like 20 years older than it actually is. It was rough.
0: My fiance got the shot. She got her second shot about a month ago. So she had it for a while and she was like down for the count. She was like out. That first one, in fairness to her, like I wasn't surprised that it it took her out a little bit that first shot because just knowing her, like just the way her body is, I was like I think this is probably going to, you know, it's probably going to take a day out of you. And she was like, yeah, probably. And it did. We did not see we still even with that didn't see the second shot coming. As she was like, she just was like it was like two days just washed out. And there's a bunch of people I work with who who it's it's a two-day recovery from that second one. And that's not to say I don't want it because I do. And you know the funniest thing? I want it more than anybody I know and I can't get it for the life of me I cannot get it and I've tried I've walked into Dwayne Reed's I've walked into Walgreens but by the way owned by the same company all the Walgreens Corporation and they they refuse in New York City to give it to anyone who's not living in a shelter uh currently in a school setting of some kind or uh over 65 and I was like yeah but I'm in group 1b which is uh, grocery workers and I was like I've been in that group for a while like over two months and they're like yeah it doesn't matter and I was like okay cool thank you <laughs> and like I go on the city site and they're like, yeah. I don't have any appointments. So I was like, uh huh. All right, cool. So the one place in the city everyone goes through, nobody's paying attention to like trying to make sure that's not a transmission zone.
1: Yeah, no. It was um so out in Illinois, they opened it up to uh manufacturing site employees. Yeah. And so even though I live in Indiana since I work in Illinois, right, I was able to go through that. And I ended up, for my second shot, I had to drive like 45 minutes into Chicago for it.
0: See, now people just found out what our survival jobs are, and they found out where we live. So the government's coming for us now.
1: I mean, they were always coming for us. That was never...
0: Yeah, this podcast has really been burning down the halls of power. So, <laughs> now we just now we just gave it away to the people. But also really quickly just want to jump in and say that and this is everyone's going to know the day we recorded this if they're uh, a nerd. I just uh, I watched the first 25 minutes of Zack Snyder's Justice League and that's all I've watched so far and i want uh i want to be really clear about what i'm gonna say i have no hope that the following three hours and 35 minutes roughly will present anything close to uh satisfaction for me
1: so every review i've seen has gone along this exact same vein it's a better movie but it's only a better movie because he had twice as long to do it one of the big down points of the original cut is there's no backstory for cyborg there's no backstory for Flash. At the time, there was no real backstory for Aquaman. Literally, everybody was just crammed together into one movie. Yeah. And they were just like, here, care about these guys in 10 minutes. And you're like, I don't like any of these people yet. But like Zack Snyder, in his four-hour- odyssey of completely understandable why a studio would not want him to keep going because he's like no no it needs to be this epic film And they're like you can't release a four and a half hour movie into theaters like you just can't do it and yeah. so having an extra two hours he basically made two movies he got to make justice league part one where he got to talk about cyborg and his background and the flash and his background and like he got to have all this character development that you're supposed to have. And then the second part, the second half of the movie is like the normal plot of the justice league that we are aware of. So like,
0: See, that's, this is what I want to say. That's why he's, I want to be really careful about saying this because this could come back to bite me in the ass someday down the line. So I just want to be really clear about what I'm saying here. I'm not talking about his abilities as a filmmaker. I'm really not. I, I, I could not command a, a set the way he does. I, I don't have the visual know-how that he does. But I do traffic in story and I've studied story at a high level and I've worked in story at a high level. And what I will say is nothing about the addition of two hours improves what appears to be his fundamental disinterest with certain parts of the human experience. In the same way that if you give Chris Nolan 10 hours, it doesn't change the fact that he's probably going to make an amazing visual, but a slightly robotic movie. But like, And I don't say that like I don't love Inception. And I didn't love the Dark Knight trilogy. And I don't love Tenant and all this stuff. Like those are great movies. They're Dunkirk is one of my favorite movies of all time. So this isn't to say people can't have flaws or unique quirks about them as a filmmaker and still be great or succeed in spite of them. But the problems that existed with every Zack Snyder DC movie before this exist in this. And it doesn't he doesn't need two more hours to not get it done he couldn't he didn't get it done in 2 hours with with man of steel he didn't get it done in 2 hours with batman versus superman and he i i Already know what I'm gonna watch. I'm gonna finish it because, in fairness to him, I started it and I and I and I'm gonna finish it. And so I won't say any more about this movie because I haven't watched it yet. It's very possible in the next recording I'll come back and say it blew my mind. It really did round out into an amazing story. But it's just we're not we're not on the same page visually. He and I. I don't like the way his movies look.
1: And so here's the thing: like everybody that's sort of rated the two movies, they go, okay, the the original Joss Whedon one, it's like an average to sub average movie, right? Like it's. Like- I-
0: I think it's sub average yeah Yeah, it's like a four out of ten
1: like a five is average it's like a four out of ten you can feel that there's a lot missing
0: it's a five out of ten until the mustache problem with the CGI lip and then it goes to I would say like a three it's so distracting and bad but go ahead yeah go ahead
1: yeah no that's accurate so and then they rate the, the, the Snyder cut as being like a six or a seven right in the sense that you get a little bit more backstory and a little bit more background and it makes it more enjoyable but it still doesn't make it like and it's it's i don't blame joss whedon and i don't blame Zack snyder i blame dc and wb because they took what should have been like five movies and crammed them into two right they said okay uh we need to tell the story of batman wonder woman the flash cyborg and this steppenwolf justice league story and we got to do it over the span of batman v superman and justice league I just rattled off five movies. Like, if that were the Marvel Universe, that would have been five independent movies before you yeah. got to Justice League. And it would have been like Justice League Part 1, Justice League Part 2.
0: It's, what's weird to me is they copy Marvel's current format in so many ways. And then in the critical ways that it would be a really good idea to copy them in. They don't. And that's hilarious to me. Like they copy Dark Side, Darkseid and Steppenwolf as two halves of one lesser Thanos. Like, but it's the same thing. This this uh hulking beast from space who is hellbent on destroying the world, right? Boxes on Earth, it's the Tesseract, it's the it's the you know the the mother box. They're all the same thing. It's literally the same story. An outer space demon is coming to Earth to collect a box, it will unleash great power. He has, uh, you know, a horseman of the apocalypse heading before him, which in the original Avengers, it's Loki. In this one, it's Steppenwolf. I know Loki is a far more charming, you know, horseman of the apocalypse, but one is, you know, they're they're coming and bringing the, you know, the, the storm, whatever. You've copied that. You've copied the rough outline of the story, a band of heroes thrown together, a billionaire superhero who funds the project. It's roughly one woman in the original Avengers. It's one woman. And I, again, Black Widow, despite having no powers, is a far better character than Gal Gadot's Wonder Woman, which is a, a crazy thing to say because on paper, one character is iconic and the other one is, was an afterthought until 2010. So that's amazing. I, I, if, When I watch all of the DC films and I haven't watched The Flash, uh, not The Flash, I haven't watched um, Shazam. I didn't watch Shazam. So other than that, every single one of them has utterly disappointed me from a visual perspective, from a storytelling perspective, from a character perspective from a just plain be fun perspective the best of them amazingly are the wonder woman movies and the wonder woman movies are objectively not good
1: the first three quarters of the wonder woman movie was really really good and then the ending was just like they just were like bleh
0: did you see the second one 1984 i
1: have not my wife did and the very first thing she said was i think that was i think that movie was anti-feminism like
0: yeah, it's, I mean, I both at all times like Gal Gadot, and also I just don't feel like it's working. And I don't, and I don't, and it's not because she's not a good actor, or she's not a good Wonder Woman, or she's not a good um, role model for young women. I recognize what the point of the, the where they're trying to go with these stories is, right? Like, but I, it just does it's just not working. And I don't know. Why at this point... Patty Jenkins is a great filmmaker. She's made other great movies. I, they get this assembly of talent. And it's, I just don't know where it's going wrong. And I'm such a fan of the property. I'm. We talked about this many years ago. You were originally a Marvel guy. And I'm not. I was a DC guy through and through. I liked X-Men and I liked Spider-Man because I grew up on the cartoons. But other than that, like from actual comic books, I only own DC Comics.
1: What's really weird is... The DC animated movies and the DC animated universe is like leaps and bounds above anything that they've done. Like if you watch yeah. any of those like DC animated universe movies,
0: yeah. killing joke and they are all, yeah. they are
1: like the epitome of what the characters should be. And then even if you watch some of the older cartoons, if you go back and watch uh the original Justice League cartoon, Justice League Unlimited, right, where they expand it yeah. to like the entire cast yeah. of heroes like Teen Titans Teen Titans like those are those are monumental pieces of work for the DC universe but they just can't translate it into like flesh and bone for some reason
0: I mean like I'll be I'll say this and I don't know anyone who would disagree with me that likes these likes comic book properties and whatever Batman the animated series that debuts in the early 90s I think it's 1992 is the best Batman property of all time it nails it's not just that Kevin Conroy is a better voice it just Gets who Bruce Wayne is. It gets who Dick Grayson is. It get it. It gets to the heart of the origin stories of the characters and sometimes half-hour episodes and then the character is just a rolling rogues gallery like we always know with Batman. They're always around. That show nails it. You can stray away from the point of a character if the vision of the filmmaker does not betray the soul of the property. And a good example of that is Chris Nolan going in a in a really different direction with a militaristic um, you know, military prototype Batman for three movies. Conceived inside of a bubble in a world where there are no other superheroes. It's not a large DC universe. It's just one guy, and he tells a different kind of story, right? I mean, Batman, despite having none of the other pieces that exist in Batman, except for a few villains, who are largely changed, removing a lot of the mythology, removing a lot of the magic and um, sensational stuff, and getting Batman down to his core essence of a wounded man missing his parents, nails the story across three movies. It's perfect. It's really perfect. It's it's great. And it's aged tremendously well. It has not lost any of its edge. It's good. It'll be good in 20 years. That score, the whole thing, the way it looks, because it's one idea conceived across three movies by one guy, now, I respect letting Zack Snyder do that, finally. I actually appreciate that he's getting the shot. And like I said, I'll give final verdict when I watch it. I know he went through some tremendously difficult stuff at the dawn of this movie. At the start of Justice League, he lost his daughter. Nobody needs to pile on this guy about a movie. It's just a movie, you know? And like I said, he's visually, he's got his own style. It's just not mine. And so when I watch it, I'm often trying to push through a barrier where I'm like, "Uh, I don't know that this is for me. But in the first 25 minutes, it's just lacking something. The same thing it was lacking probably the day they started shooting and all the way through, no matter who the director was, because the original idea is a flawed idea. But that's my guess is what I'm going to continue to find when I watch it. But I'll watch it and, you know... I don't know.
1: On the flip side of that, WandaVision was great.
0: WandaVision is tremendous. Uh, Tomorrow we will get Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So everyone should have been able to figure out that today is the 18th of March. <laughs> and uh, that's the day we got Zack Snyder's Justice League. And tomorrow we'll get Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I was a little bummed that Kevin Feige apparently has said that uh, nothing big will happen in these shows. They will be self contained realities so that if you don't watch them and you only watch the movies, you miss nothing. And I was so bummed to hear that and then not shocked at all. Actually, it's a brilliant move on his part to not alienate hundreds of millions of dollars worth of fans who might go, Oh, I didn't keep up with the show. I can't watch it. I won't go. I'll wait till it's on DVD. Like, or or not DVD anymore nobody DVDs anything but you know streaming so I was a little bummed about that but I also think it's not really technically true cuz WandaVision went for it.
1: Yeah, um, I mean the yeah, without really bringing in the spoilers, like bringing back a major character into existence is pretty major.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I think in a way that will uh remain to be seen. I mean, we don't really know what that thing is going to be. So, <laughs> I think I think it could be a I think it could be a bad thing <laughs> for some people. Like not for us as fans, but I don't I don't know that that's the the um the version we once knew. But anyway, if uh if any of what we've just done survives to the final cut folks thanks for staying with us as we gave you our marvel dc fan breakdown my name is kyle maxwell i'm here with bobby anderson this is i mean it's possible a podcast by two guys who really just don't believe in conspiracy theories and we made a podcast about conspiracy theories and why did we do that uh i don't know because we like to push each other's buttons and uh, <laughs> we like to traffic in slightly uh weird uh fair so today My friend Bobby Anderson is going to present his next topic in the season. I do not know what it is. And Bobby, I'm just going to turn it over to you. What are we talking about today?
1: In the vein of superheroes, we're going to turn our eyes to the skies. uh, And we're going to be looking at chemtrails.
0: Oh, 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 Oh my God. I didn't know what this week was going to hold for me. And it's chemtrails. All right. I'm just going to sit back, relax, and let this thing go where it's going. Because, I mean, I can't imagine. I don't, all right, I'm going to put my hands up. All
1: right. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we'll start with a little bit of backstory, right, with where, where the whole chemtrail thing comes from. So the chemtrail conspiracy started around 96, 1996, after the Air Force published a report basically detailing the importance of weather and the idea of weather modification, In a battle scenario or in a future, you know, future existence, the ability to change the weather in a conflict is going to be huge, which it always has been. Okay. Well, people read this and their minds got to turning thinking, oh, the Air Force wants to control the weather. Okay, that's concerning. So later in the 90s, the Air Force was accused of spraying the U.S. population with mysterious substances generated from unusual contrail patterns. Um, And so for the sake of this argument, I am going to differentiate because even, even in the research I did, the conspiracy theorists differentiated between a normal contrail and a chemtrail. Okay. Okay. So a normal contrail is, is a condensation trail following these planes. The conspiracy theorists argue that those dissipate very quickly. That as, pretty much as soon as the plane flies and it's over, the, the contrail dissipates rather rapidly. What they're talking about are what they believe to be chemtrails, which can last for a couple hours, several hours before they dissipate. That even long after the plane has flown overhead, you can still see the cloud that it's created. Um, and so they are kind of, it's a way of of accepting some of the science and saying, no, no, we understand that in the same way that a car on a cold day has exhaust. And you can see the, the cloud. Same way your breath on a cl- cold day, you can see your breath. We're accepting that planes have this effect, but when they last for hours, that's when we have an issue with it. Okay, so they're they're okay. already accepting some of it, but at the same time drawing a line where their where their belief starts so this really took hold uh in internet forums a lot of conspiracy theory advocates started pushing that message of chemtrails uh so much so that government agencies like the epa the faa nasa uh noaa they all responded to this sort of outrage that was happening and they created a multi-agency report that was published in 2000 Basically saying like, here's all the data completely unfounded. Please stop yelling at us about this. And of course, that was seen as more evidence of a government cover up. Of course. If there really was nothing there, how are you going to get four or five of the top agencies in the government to all work together to put out a report trying to get us to not pay attention to this? So there's two theories, right? There's there's two subgroups of this chemtrail conspiracy plot. The first one I'll mention, I really don't give a lot of credence to uh, because there's just too many holes for me to defend. And so that's the idea that they're spraying some sort of harmful chemical. So some okay. of the people that you ask that would believe in, co- in chemtrails would say that they are spraying us with poisons or toxins to control our minds, to poison us, to, you know, limit the population, all sorts of things that, you know, the problems start to arise because now you've got, what, 50,000 commercial pilots poisoning their own families, by flying over it you know what i mean like too many holes just start to open up if you go that route of like they're spraying poison in the air and it's killing us all so i don't i don't really give a lot of credence to that but there is if we're gonna go in the same vein where we've talked about similar things putting fluoride in the water right it's a large-scale government program where they've introduced a chemical into the water supply you know that they argue is for the Health, dentistry, right? Prevents cavities. Yeah. Um, But you can point to that program and say, okay, well, there is an example of a large-scale chemical dump in our water supply by the government. So you can say that exists. So you could could make that loose connection that, well, if they're willing to put stuff in our water— Why wouldn't they be willing to put stuff in our air? So I guess the strongest argument for that. Um, The other would be like the antibiotics and steroids that they put into meat and poultry, right, for various health reasons or various profit to get more eggs, to get more milk, all that sort of stuff, all that sort of stuff. So it's not unheard of that um, large mass-consumed things have chemicals and stuff put into them that we're not necessarily always aware of yeah so that's sort of the strongest argument i have for that the idea that we're actively being poisoned doesn't really there's not really any logical way to make that work at least i couldn't i'm sure in their smaller conspiracy circle they maybe have a reason for it i couldn't like if you were a pilot and they're like okay go dump this chemical by the way that's where your kids live you live there too when you're not flying in the plane like it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense so the the angle that i'm gonna take is from a geoengineering perspective okay Uh, and this one i think holds a little bit more weight Um, In terms of not being uh, completely irrational. So for those of you that don't know, geoengineering is the idea that we can engage in actively changing our climate. So there's actually legitimate geoengineering practices that happen in the world and that have also been uh, researched and discussed as a way to uh, combat global warming and climate change right so one of the earliest geoengineering practices we have is cloud seeding right so i don't i don't know if you've heard of that right. where they will basically take when the conditions are right they can spray the clouds or or launch chemicals into the clouds that will facilitate rain right when it's more advantageous mm-hmm. so if there's a drought going on maybe they can spark some some rainfall if there's fires going on maybe they can spark some rainfall to help fight the fires Um, if an area is prone to flooding maybe they can preemptively get the rain to fall in a in a non-flood zone so it doesn't flood even more right there's reasons for cloud seeding and its its practice is kind of debated on its effectiveness but it's been around for a really long time so that would be that would be an example of geoengineering one of the more recent ones would be iron fertilization so i don't know if you've heard about this basically iron isn't very soluble in the ocean the ocean usually has a hard time holding on to iron as a nutrient. So what they've started to do, or what they've kind of experimented with, is seeding the ocean with iron. And what this iron does is it stimulates photoplankton growth. So basically an algae bloom. So they take an area, they load it up with a bunch of iron particles. The iron helps facilitate the growth of all these little photoplankton. The photoplankton, just like Other plants that absorb CO2 and sunlight to create energy uh, absorb a vast amount of CO2. Well, then when the photoplankton die, they sink to the bottom of the ocean, become sediment, and you've basically taken a large section of CO2 or a large segment of CO2, entrapped it, and sunk it to the bottom of the ocean. So you've removed it from the air and, and safely stored it under the water. And that's kind of the theory of like, okay, well, if we did this on a massive scale, how much CO2 could we remove from the atmosphere? Now, there's obviously other ecological considerations with that. People worry that it would affect marine life. It would affect the oceans, right? All sorts of stuff. But that's another thing that they've experimented with and pretty successfully shown will work. To a degree so here's here's the argument where it starts to science starts to meet with conspiracy right and this is why i give geoengineering the most probable shot of of being a real condition or being a real reason Um, and that's in solar radiation management the idea that energy from the sun solar radiation comes into the earth warms it and then leaves Right. And the whole idea behind greenhouse gases is that the greenhouse gases prevent it from leaving, right? It enters, but then the the shell of greenhouse gases is actually insulating us and, and trapping this energy inside. Right. Well, they've done some research and they've figured out that normal contrails, I'm not talking about chemtrails, I'm talking about the normal contrails that we've already said exist that we've already sort of given the okay that yeah those are real things they've deduced that with the amount of air traffic that goes on and the amount of contrails that are being created that it's actually helping to fuel global warming and the reason is because this new cloud cover that's being created from these just regular contrails they have found that the the energy coming in from the sun is powerful enough that it still passes through but once it's here and it's been weakened and it tries to bounce back out that new cloud cover is insulating us. So one of the, one of the reports, uh, was from, um, a Yale article, yale.edu, where they talked about this effect on how planes flying at night are actively creating global warming because now you've got cloud cover at night where you wouldn't have had it, and the energy that's trying to leave at nighttime when there's no new energy coming in can't leave. And so during the day, it's kind of a net neutral effect because you're keeping some of it out, even though you're keeping some of it in. But the nighttime where it's supposed to be none in and all out, you are now keeping some of it in. Uh, okay. So that's that's sort of the argument for... Uh, for regular contrails having an effect a geoengineering effect so the other the other portion of that the the sort of chemtrail conspiracy theorists are arguing that it's things like reflective materials that they're spraying in the air to try to bounce some of that sunlight back. Some of the more nefarious believers think that it's them actively trying to increase global warming, right? That if contrails have been shown to increase climate change, that by adding more, by actively trying to add more of them, you are facilitating this sort of doomsday scenario, right? We talked about that with the Denver airport, where like they're planning for this apocalypse, they're planning yeah. for this doomsday sort of a scenario. So you've got sort of, even within that, people don't necessarily Some think that it's more of a benevolent thing, like, oh, they're doing this to try to combat global warming. A side effect might be that we're getting poisoned, right? If they're spraying a a metallic in the air that's reflective to, to fight some of this solar radiation, if we're breathing some of it in... Maybe that's negative for us. But the idea being, okay, well, we keep that program secret because overall it's better for the planet, right? We've got 7 billion people. If we're poisoning Mm -hmm. a few million because they're breathing some bad stuff, but overall it helps save the planet as a whole, then it's worth keeping that program secret to run it,
0: right? Shout out to Thanos.
1: Exactly. And then the other half are saying like, no, no, they're trying to accelerate it because they want to create this doomsday scenario. They want to facilitate the end of the world and where they'll be able to take complete power. And So you've got kind of those two those two competing ideas and so the to me the most plausible route for chemtrails to say that they that they exist would be that it is a geoengineering project on a global scale Uh, Uh the most likely event would be to mitigate solar radiation by trying to assist in reflecting some of that solar radiation preventing it from getting to us right as a mitigation tactic um so You're,
0: you're, you're, let's just say it right now. This one was hard for you.
1: So with that path.
0: Do you want a parachute?
1: (laughs) With that path that I've laid out, Kyle. Uh Uh-huh. Right? I've I've peeled away some of the more eccentric Uh petals from this flower with what remains. Uh Given that geoengineering is a practice that exists. Uh Uh-huh. Given that it is on a large scale been used by multiple governments across the world, uh, is it possible? Do you want to answer for me? Sure. Uh, yes, Bobby, I believe it's possible. That keeps your undefeated streak going. Uh, let's wrap this episode up right now. Signing off. That's been It's Possible, a Conspiracy Theory podcast. Please follow us on Instagram.
0: Oh, wonderful job. Um, Let me just say, uh, no, it's not possible. Um, For the record. Um, This one is so fun because you didn't stand a chance with this one. Because it flew right in the face of everything you care about, which is objective science and reason and logic. The very fabric of who you are as a person. This topic is unsupported by any even remotely mainstream it is it is there's nothing and so no it's not possible and i'm gonna lay out a five-point plan about why (laughs) there's not a five-point plan
1: before you crucify me on this i just want to say one i I did my best Mm -hmm. i I laid out i tried to find the the path of of least resistance it's not out there It doesn't exist, but I found the best one I could. Mm -hmm. And also, of course it's not possible. Of course nothing I found of any scientific merit supported this in even the tiniest degree.
0: No. And here's the biggest reason why. And this... it's. It is not an effective way to do what people are claiming it would do. And that's why it's not possible. It would actually be an incredibly unspecific, uh, not targeted, sloppy way to spread chemicals and to poison people, to bring on the end of times. It is not... Let me put it this way. The planes that I saw flying overhead as a kid that would be flying near the airports near where we grew up, that would leave a massive trail in the sky, you would see them and you'd think, oh, wow, look, that's a jet. That's pretty cool, right? And if you were at a barbecue with someone lightly knowledgeable in science, they would explain to you why there was a trail behind the plane. Here's what I'm going to say. In a world where that was still a trail of chemicals, that plane is so high in the air and that trail is simply not long enough, even if it was in a condensed form, to possibly bring down enough parts per million of whatever they were trying to get in us that it would be able to do anything To anybody before it landed on the tops of buildings, got blown and dispersed. I know they're saying it's being dispersed in the air, but you to poison somebody, it would have to be. And I'm saying parts per million because that's an actual scientific breakdown of something needing to enter your body in an aerosolized form. And there's no way you'd be able to get enough in enough quantities. Not enough planes fly with those trips. If they were doing this, there would be ten or twelve among a normal metropolis every day. There are planes up there, but there's simply not in the volume that they're talking about. And it's an, it's an imprecise way to poison a populace. They have much better ways of doing it, and they've been doing that. See, if this episode had been about, you know, forever chemicals in our body... And exploring whether or not those were on purpose. You might have had a good shot here. And it's not your fault the topic is the topic. We didn't invent it. We just picked it. So you took a swing at it. It is what it is. But this has always been the one when people bring up. When they say the phrase chemtrails. Nothing ever comes after it. It's just this thing that people are like oh chemtrails. And you're like okay so you're you're saying there's geo seeding going on. You're saying that there's whatever. Like of what? Like what? what is the chemical? Have they ever been able. So this is the thing. Like you can go to DuPont. Shout out to the Mark Ruffalo movie. I think it's called Dark Waters. Go watch the Dark Waters movie about what DuPont did to the people of West Virginia. Go watch that. That's real. You can actually name the chemical that got pumped into the water supply that was buried in in uh, drums on people's near on properties near people's farms that their animals would get sick from, that people would drink the water from. They all got cancer. The cancer rates near these DuPont factories were sky high, not just from the people getting it when they were working in the facility, but they were getting it through their water. That's an actual chemical. They can name it. They can test it. They can pull it point to it that's not a conspiracy that's a crime a conspiracy in this sense has no there's nothing there there's nothing there Every time someone says chemtrails to me, they've never got another sentence. They just say chemtrails because they've heard it in a list of other conspiracy theories. That's why there was no meat on this bone. There's
1: nothing there. Yeah, I picked this bone clean. That's why I tried to, I tried my best, I tried my best to distance myself from the poisoning argument, right? Sure. I I mentioned it because it is a huge part of the conspiracies. people feel like the government is out to get them. But like, so I mentioned it, but I tried to go the other route of the geoengineering because that's at least, while absolutely not what's happening it's at least plausible that something like that sure exists right cloud seeding exists iron fertilization exists i tried to find some other examples of geoengineering that exist right and to tie even just normal contrails ex- you know into solar radiation management they did see a marked change after 9-11 of where planes were grounded and there was like zero air traffic they saw a difference in like temperatures because of you know the lack of added cloud cover so like that is all a scientific avenue right and they're actively researching that nasa has satellites that actually measure and predict contrails because they're researching this but it's not it's not as a, a purposeful thing being added to the planes it is a side effect of running a plane just like the side effect of running a car has exhaust right the side effect of breathing you breathe out right this is just the way that the plane has jet engines and the way that humidity and temperature works at higher altitudes right that's why sometimes a plane can fly you know for an hour and you won't see a single chemtrail and then you'll see one for 10 minutes and then chemtrail that's how much research i did that's how easy it is to get sucked (laughs) in contrail right yeah and all of a sudden you'll see a contrail for 10 minutes and then it'll stop and you're like oh well there was none then there was one. Then there wasn't one. They must be spraying something. No, right. it's just because the relative humidity is different at different places in the air, and the, right. the hu- and the temperature is different, and so it's just
0: and the engines of the planes are doing different things at different places at different elevations that cause different reactions, like you said with the moisture, with whatever. I mean, it's like it's not actually as complicated if you were to study the engineering of of an F eighteen or something like that and actually go and look at it.
1: It's literally the cloud. It's literally the water cycle. Right. Like I learned right. like, like relative humidity and things like that, that all facilitate rainfall. That's all yeah. stuff from like the basics of the water cycle. I learned that in like geog- in uh, uh, geography one Oh one. Where it was like the the cycles of the rainfall. Like there's just, there was so little. I feel like this is the Denver airport of my team.
0: Right. Because there's. And you're a real mensch for putting it right after mine. You're a real mensch. I got to give it to you because I, I, I see the gentlemanly way in which you've taken your weakest and thrown it now to be like, here's one. Now we're tied again. I really appreciate you. That was nice. It's going to get a little dicey after this because then we each have a couple that are good and a couple that aren't. But wouldn't you agree that we're starting to run into the area in which some of these are simply a lack of education and a lack of science and a lack of science knowledge and a lack of, um, I don't know. There's a lot of confirmation bias at play here. That's a phrase that's come up a lot in 2020 and 2021, but that they're looking for a thing that will confirm a fear they already have, but simple basic reading about aerospace engineering or... Or, you know, pretty much how an F-18 or, a, you know, B-12, whatever, bom- you know, whatever bomber you want to pick, whatever high flying plane you want. If you just learned about the basic, you know, exhaust and, and, and how they operate and how they have to burn off at certain times and how they can't burn that long at other times when at certain altitudes, it's not really that it's, it's complicated. It's not confusing. If you if you like read it, it's got a pretty clear answer. I think like and this is maybe as as the season goes on while like we checked in a few episodes ago and we said like where are we with this as a as an idea of what we're exploring. I'm growing more and more to believe that I don't know that people are actively distracting themselves from the actual problems because they're finding things that don't have a solution that they can rail against and talk about but then never fix because there are a lot of problems that are like adjacent to some of the subjects we've been studying. And almost every time we bring up one of these topics, I go, and it's so fascinating, you don't care about X. You care about Y. People caring about chemtrails, it's hilarious to me. I wonder if there is interested in forever chemicals in the water. I'm sure they'd talk to me about fluoride, except that I don't think fluoride is nearly what they think it is. <laughs> uh, you know, but I, I wonder if there is interested in the in the crumbling infrastructure of this country leading to poor water supply.
1: I mean, I didn't even mention two of the biggest celebrity endorsers that I came across.
0: Oh, let's fire it off. Let's drag them. Number
1: one was Prince.
0: Okay. He,
1: uh, <laughs> all right. He was actually on a-
0: I won't be dragging him. He was actually on <laughs> an
1: interview uh, talking about how, like, yeah, you would see the plane fly overhead, you'd see this trail behind it, and then all of a sudden everybody in your neighborhood would just start fighting with each other. Okay. Uh, and then the other one was actually uh, Kylie Jenner, the uh, you know the voice of oh. our generation. Posting images about how chemtrails are dangerous and killing the honeybees, and you
0: know, see, that's the fun again. Ri- exactly what I just said. There's a there is a problem very close to the one you're complaining about, and you're not noticing it. The honeybees aren't dying off because of chemtrails. The honeybees are dying off because of billions of cell phones around the planet frying their little brains, <laughs> because of all of the like. There's an actual scientific study about that. Scientists are concerned that cell phones are affecting uh, bees. And the bee population—that's an actual like thing that scientists have a hypothesis about that they're on the sort of scent of, and they're like, this might not be great because if we really mess up our you know pollination cycle, we could have a real negative effect as our population continues to grow, with being able to feed people. Yeah, and they're, and, they're also looking you
1: know, into like some of the pesticides that we use. That aren't yeah. necessarily supposed yes. to target bees, but as a side effect. Right. Have been.
0: Right. And 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 uh, I, I find bees fascinating. Um, so, like, I, I've done a lot of just, like, side research on my own because I find it interesting. Deforestation affects bee populations because it has a knock-on effect on the species that bees interact with and, mm-hmm. and the uh, flora and fauna that they interact with and... And while it might not directly affect every beehive, so to speak, it does just have a, there's a correlation between the constant um, paving over of so much natural land where bees just happen to be. And, you know, so uh, the increase of urbanization and all that stuff has had an effect. So it's, it might not just be one thing. It might be like, 10 things, all affecting this little tiny thing we don't think about that actually has a huge impact on our ability to grow, not just flowers, but food and a lot of other stuff. So that's like, like that's an adjacent problem that like your people will bring up and then you're like, oh, I would love it if you just turn your attention to the real one. It's just to the left. Just turn your head slightly to the left. Do you see that? That's bees. And that's the real problem. And you're focusing on chemtrails and bees. And you're an idiot. And like, like I mean, bless his soul. Prince no longer with us. Of the, the boomers and the Gen Xers had his music in real time. Millennials had his... Uh, <laughs> Had his Chappelle show experience. <laughs> I mean, he he exists in two spheres for most people. He exists either as the songbird of his generation and a musical maverick who who changed the face of pop music, and he did. Or he is game blouses. <laughs> He's, he's one of two things to you. And both. by the way, both of those things are brilliant and neither take from the other. Okay, so so he can be both. Uh, Chappelle's show uh, roasted him in a wonderfully loving way because Dave Chappelle's a massive fan and it didn't take away from Purple Rain. So, so that album's still great. He's still awesome. And he's also hilariously weird or was hilariously weird because he's now gone. Um, so I'm not going to drag the, the dead, um, especially when they gave us so much good stuff. But I will say, Prince probably wouldn't have been happy to find that Kylie Jenner and him thought the same thing. I suspect he would have found her a talentless hack because he had more talent in his uh, in his pinky, you know, than the whole fam- than their whole family's got. So, I mean, you know, and that's all I will say about. It. I'm not trying to not trying to slam her, but um
1: it should have been a warning sign that as the editor of these episodes and I I pay close attention to the time, right? <laughs> I work for hours and hours to deflate these episodes into into sure. digestible chunks
0: because someone's got to deflate me. This gas bag has got to let some of the air some out Some of somehow. these episodes run
1: an hour and 45 minutes and I'm not about to subject our audience to an hour and 45 minutes of us.
0: My fiance thinks an hour's too long, folks. If you're out there and agree, Reach out to us on social media and say, hashtag, I agree with Rachel. She thinks thinks baby boy needs to be trimmed down. She was like, someone needs to muzzle you. And I was like, all right.
1: I do my best. But as the editor who pays (laughs) constant attention to the time, uh, I allowed us to ramble for about the first 20 minutes of this episode on the DC universe. Uh And uh, even though you lovingly said, like, we'll see how much of this makes the episode, it's all going to make the episode because there's only about 20 (laughs) minutes worth of chemtrails. And I knew that before i started so that's why i was like no no let's talk about wandavision some more let's uh let's let that puppy fly because you're gonna get about 15 minutes of chemtrails and you're gonna get about 10 minutes of just shutting it down i mean like listen
0: i think that's maybe the strength one of the strengths of what we're doing is that we're seeing some of these things there's more meat there you know i said meat on the bone and you said you picked it clean well for some of them there's a lot more there. And yes, to be clear, sometimes the topic is just more interesting to us, so we just do more of the fleshing out. But if it were if it were there, Bobby would have been honor-bound to present it. There's a reason why he didn't. And I don't mean that you can't plumb the depths of Reddit and find more stuff to continue talking about, but it doesn't have any backing in science. There's nothing credible there that you can point to that holds it up. Some of our science-based conspiracy theories will be, you know, uh, heavier. I think the Bigfoot one is a good example. It doesn't mean Bigfoot's any more likely because of how much more you could have talked about. No, but there's a lot there to explain the likelihood. That's the thing. A lot of these were just looking for likelihood. This is so unlikely. It's stupid. I
1: knew knew the death nail was when I found a a Joe Rogan clip where he's talking with a guest. Yeah. And he's actively making fun of people who believe in chemtrails. And he's Mm -hmm. saying that he met with this guy who, because he used to really want to know more about it yeah and so we met with this guy who had produced documentaries about it uh and he's like right off the bat the guy was shaky and something was weird uh and then he tried to show me results that he sent off to a lab saying that there was you know aluminum in the water and he's like okay i looked at the lab results and it says sludge and so he's like, well, yeah. what is sludge? And the guy's like, I don't know. I sent in water to be tested. And Joe Rogan's like, well, let's look up what sludge is because the lab is saying that they tested sludge. And he's like, sludge is a mixture of water and dirt and dirt. Aluminum is like one of the most common elements in dirt anywhere. Like if you went into your backyard right now, scooped up a big pile of dirt, sent it off to a lab, there'd be trace amounts of aluminum in it. And so sure. he's like, congratulations, you tested dirt and it turned out to be dirt. Like, I don't know why you're trying to sell that yeah. to people as something. Monumental. It's like you sent in dirt to be tested. They came back and said, Yeah, looks like dirt. And instead of saying, Okay, I guess it's dirt, you were like,
0: Haha, proof. I can't remember who has flat earth. Is it you? Oh, or that's me? you, buddy.
1: That is all you. All right.
0: I'm not. Go- all right. Okay. Uh, uh Oh boy. I almost just burned my own bridge. I'm going to shut my mouth now. Uh, and I'm not going to give away that I flat out do not believe in what I'm going to try to get you to believe in in. I don't know how many episodes. Maybe the next one. Maybe not. But I was about to say, and and that's just like the flat earth people who believe blank. Uh, and then I remembered, it might be me. I didn't remember who's going to have to try to sell that. So, uh, yeah, spoiler alert, that's probably going to be a loss. But uh, I, I just think that there's there are times where some of these things, even if they're not entirely true, they may be touch close to a thing we are afraid of for various reasons. And a lot of these government conspiracy ones are a feeling of being powerless. The science ones, I think, come from a lack of understanding. A lack of understanding of the natural world, and a lack of understanding of the science that supports it, that... that that as we grow in our intelligence and in our communal intelligence, we become more and more assured of our place in it. While there are millions of questions and every answer opens up another door, behind which are more questions, we have not been moving away from certainty. And we, and, and our advanced civilization is is the biggest piece of evidence that our understanding of science, of engineering, of biology, of chemistry, of physics, is expanding and meshing and interweaving and creating a highly stylized, evolved scientific world. We are Light years from where I hope we end up. But when people don't understand what's happening around them, I think it gets really, really scary. I think they look for really simple answers. And we've said this before about conspiracy theories. They're often simplified explanations of very complicated ideas. This one feels like one that is just people look in the sky, just like the Greeks did when they looked up at Olympus and saw a cloud cover and and no one had climbed it yet. And they thought, what's up there? And so you come up with a story that gives you an answer about what is unanswerable to you. The frustrating part is the Greeks were blameless in that. It was a high mountain and they were young in their in their uh, so- society. You can go to the public library for, to quote, goodwill hunting, $1.25 in late fees. And you can learn the limitless and vast potential of the human experience. And you can take in the compendium of knowledge that will answer a lot of these questions for you. Uh, or you can listen to this podcast and we'll do it. We'll do it for you. But uh this one's just i got a good nose for it and this one's not this this one doesn't pass the smell test it doesn't even come close like i could poison people in any number of and i just want to be clear i never would as i say the sentence i could there would be so many more like useful ways to poison a populace and i think they're doing some of them by the way that's the funny thing that's what i mean about look just to the left and i think you might find what you're looking for the stuff they're putting in your food is, I think, a very effective poison. And I and I think the things that are in your water and the things that are in the plastics that you cook with and drink out of and put in your mouth and brush your teeth with. And like, and the stuff that's in the chemicals that are in what you clean your body with. I think those are doing a fantastic job of killing you and me. And I don't think that they need to be spraying it and letting it dilute in the air and get it caught by the wind and who knows if a bird. Like, what? like you know like who do, i just don't i don't think it's it's uh i think they'd be better at it than that let's put it that way i think that they've uh, and i i never thought that they're looking to just kill us i think they're looking to get rich and they don't care if one of the side effects of that is death um and i think you should watch dark waters i think it's called dark waters i want to google it now
1: well i mean the original version of that is is uh Aaron Brockovich.
0: Yes. Oh my oh my God. Oh, it's all coming together. I kind of just reminded myself of Burk Kreischer, which is never a good thing. Uh, if anyone knows the comedian out there, I don't want to remind myself of him, but I think I just did. Two Bears, One Cave. Uh, I just sounded like him. Um, I read an Aaron Brockovich article today. I this sometimes the world's funny, man. I read it I read a, a Aaron Brockovich article today. You can also get it through Apple News, and it's about it's about forever chemicals. It's so funny and how they are <laughs> They're doing two things. Um, and look up the article. Um, she's not just a character in a movie. Aaron Brockovich is still fighting for everyday working people who are being poisoned by corporations. And she wrote an article about how scientists have come to understand that forever chemicals, these, these elements that are in our body, they're in almost every human being that's ever been tested for them on Earth, no matter where they live, no matter where they drink water, no matter what they eat, no matter what they eat out of. They're in almost everything. They're in the soil. They're in the water. They're in the air. And they get in your body and they never leave. That's why they're called forever chemicals. They are, think of back a few years ago, remember when everyone started freaking out about um, plastic bottles? and the pollutant chemicals that were in them. And then at the bottom, they would say BPA-free. Think of that as a forever chemical, that type of thing, a cancer-causing agent that in tiny amounts might not give you cancer right away. But if you amass enough of them over a lifetime, could be why you end up sick with something else. Almost every human tested for them has them. But what they're now realizing is that those forever chemicals are doing two very fascinating things to the male half of the human species. Uh, And I say only male in a biological sense, not in a gender identity sense. Um, they're shrinking penises and testicles and they are lowering testosterone, which they believe I'm not, you should read the article because people aren't going to believe the claim they make. I think it's 2045 or 2049. They think that there's a chance that most of the men on earth could be sterile. Um, and that there might not be population growth of any kind. And like, we're largely driving ourselves extinct and we don't even know it that's what i mean about the thing to your left just look just turn your head it's actually you're drinking out of it and eating out of it and you're talking about trails in the air
1: well it's a good thing in the uh, mk ultra episode we really nailed down that cloning is going to (laughs) be because that's pretty much all that's going to be left right nobody else can make anybody all we're going to have is cloning all
0: right quick question what's likelier chemtrails are cloning right now cloning
1: 100
0: right like see that's what i mean about like like if you just sit and think not all of it's real but some of it might be and when you sit and think which is likelier just in your body if you have any ounce of common sense you'd be like they've already cloned a sheep i'm not going to go back over it all again Listen, but i'm trying I just, to say i
1: just got done editing about 25 <laughs> minutes worth of of that talk which is why i was fresh in my brain
0: of me rambling about, yeah, we're not sheep. we're not
1: going down that road again. That's a that's a well worn road, <laughs> folks. He he's he's been
0: recovering from the vaccine. He's been doing his best to edit, and my voice has been droning on in his ear about Dolly the sheep for uh, quite some time. So I won't go over it again. But just as an example, one feels likelier than the other, and to me. I just don't. Uh, yeah, if anyone wants to come up to me at a barbecue and start talking to me about assassination attempts and coups and stuff like that, I'm game. If you start talking to me about chemtrails, I'm gonna get up and go to the cooler and I'm not coming back. Uh, it's just not. So to summarize, no, it's not possible. I think well, that's a definitive. Well, as the
1: editor, I'm 100% gonna cut this when I declared victory for myself. So this this past, you know. 20, sure. 30 minutes has all been for naught. But just, just for the sake That's of fine. the cutting room floor, that makes one loss apiece. Uh, yes, correct. And, and next correct. week the ball will be in your court.
0: I am I don't know. And this probably will get cut because it just is useless. But I don't know. Next week might be the big one or it might not be. I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Uh, I don't know. I have to do a ton of reading this week because I essentially have to synthesize an entire book. Um, and I and I if I can't do it justice, I won't. So I don't know. But um, yeah, all right. We're tied. We're, we're tied again. We weren't tied for a few weeks, but we're tied again. And uh, we move into next week and I'll take a shot at. Uh, trying to take the lead would be this would this be the first time i've had the lead
1: uh you wouldn't have the lead because that's we would each have one loss apiece right now right now technically i'm in the lead because i have one game in hand see what i'm saying is like i went first you went second so right now we both have one loss but i've gone more time i have more games played so next week if you win we'll each have one loss and we'll have the same number of games played so we'll be
0: even okay all right well until then this has been i mean it's possible podcast by Bobby and Kyle about conspiracies by two guys who just don't believe in conspiracies if you're listening now if you've made it to the end of this episode wherever you've listened please rate like and subscribe I know every podcast you've ever listened to tells you to do that but it actually genuinely is helpful if you would be so inclined please reach out to us on social media the best platform to find us on is Instagram at I mean it's possible possible at gmail.com if you feel like firing off an email if you want to talk about a certain topic if you'd like to be a guest if you have suggestions if you'd like to rant about things we didn't cover that you think explain the very fabric of a conspiracy theory you think we didn't do justice to please reach out to us um we do like hearing from people we've been hearing from a lot of the people that have been listening that they're enjoying it which is fun for us Uh, we hope it's been fun for you um so yeah please rate subscribe you'll know when our episodes are coming and um and get on board now bobby until next time
1: signing off